to Z Sports. I'm Zach Bingham. He is Jonathan Crompton, and we have you covered today, and we are powered officially by BetMGM. They are the king of sports books. You can download their app and use the promo code ATOZ Sports. They got you hooked up there. Also, our presenting sponsors. Got to give them some credit because they make the world go round here on A to Z Sports on these on these mornings. Man, do the pulse of fitness 15 minutes a day. That stimulates or emulates five hours of working out. It is amazing. It can change your life. I do it every week. Austin does it every week. Look at mandu.com and search for a location near you. Wilson County Hyundai, right down the, the road in Nashville, where they have you covered too. They have your perfect make and model at wilsoncountyhyundai.com, the Bone and Joint Institute, boneandjoint.com. In Franklin, they have state-of-the-art facilities. They have premier doctors that can help you get back ready and back healthy and also renters warehouse renterswarehouse.com the professional landlords here in nashville if you're renting out a property have them be your landlord and instead of doing all of the work yourself we got you covered here on a friday crompton i let's just set the tone of this show how are you feeling heading into tomorrow's game balls versus old miss Honestly, really good. Um, I think Tennessee fans will really like this fact. You may not, actually. And the reason why is because I think you hit the nail on the head. It's a pretty fast come up to 13th in the nation, and it, it's not like they have a better roster than we do, just from top to bottom. So in all honesty, to me, is is a lot of it hype, possibly, as far as their ranking. So I'm, I'm feeling really good because our offense is clicking, um, playing – well enough to do what we got to do to put up points, averaging the past couple of games over fifty. So I'm uh, I'm very excited going into it. And like I said, you know, bottom line is yeah, I played for Lane, I love Lane, but you know, my allegiance is with Tennessee, and I'm kind of skeptical on the 13th ranking. I really am. Well, that's interesting. Let's talk about. Uh, we'll get to Ole Miss here in a second. I'm curious about. How do you think Tennessee has played the last two weeks? Because, I mean, they have been pretty much lights out. I think yeah. that a lot of people started to notice Tennessee over the last two weeks against Missouri yeah. and South Carolina and the points that they've been able to score and the leads they've been able to accrue. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, if you if you look at the numbers, Missouri, South Carolina, 53 and a half points a game. All right, first off, when's the last time Tennessee's done that, right? Um those are and everybody can go. Oh well, that's Missouri and South Carolina. Well, yeah, that's the numbers that you should put up, and we did put up. So I'm I'm excited because bottom line is Josh Heupel he has these kids playing well, playing together at the right time, and especially leading into a game of this magnitude, mainly because of Lane Kiffin. But you know this is this is going to be an exciting one. It's going to be an offensive juggernaut, though. From my my uh, random opinion, I just think there, there might be. This might be one of the highest scoring games of the year. So, Crofton, what have you seen Hypel do over the last two weeks to change this offense? Is it more about them settling in? Is it the play of Hendon Hooker? Is it the scheme? Watching those two games, yeah. I mean, this is it doesn't feel like this is the same team that played Florida or Pitt. It is definitely not. And I, you know, we kind of talked about this with, with Charlie on the halftime of postgame show a few weeks ago. Is it's a big what if. And we all like what ifs because we know we can't change it. But what if Hendon was a starter from day one? Like name the guy. Not, hey, somebody gets hurt, but you're named the guy. Is Florida, now we may not win, but is the outcome a little different in how we feel? 
with how we play because the the confidence level knowing hey you are full-blown number one QB all right the, does that change do we beat Pitt um so there's there's a lot of really good optimism behind the program right now there really is because what Heupel's doing for my opinion is he's putting Hooker in positions to get the ball out of his hands quick get into a rhythm and play a quasi two-minute draw that's why we're averaging over 80 plays a game where at that point the thinking kind of gets taken out of it and that sometimes is a good thing because every quarterback, I don't care who you are, can overthink things in certain situations, right? When you take that out, you help a player. Yeah, and look, I, I think that I've been impressed where it is, and it, I guess it shouldn't be that big of a surprise that it has taken maybe a few weeks. You talked about the quarterback situation, and that is big, right? Finding the guy that can manage and to lead your offense. I mean, I think Hooker has done more than manage. I mean, with yeah. 13 touchdowns and only one interception, he's he's led. Now, lesser opponents, Missouri's not the same team that I think we saw last year, and South Carolina has some big-time problems. Big. This is – Florida, we all know what happened after that, uh, you know, Callaway dropped the ball on fourth down. That kind of changed the entire dynamic yeah, of that game. And, you know, sometimes in football, one play can do that. And that happened in that regard. But now they face an Ole Miss team that gives up a lot of points, gives up a lot of yards, but they also score a lot of points and score a lot of uh, and and get a lot of yards. You know, this is kind of the the perfect timing of what I think everybody thought was going to be when Josh Heupel was signed at Tennessee. Yeah, they looked at this game. They said, "Wow, fireworks! These two teams are going to put up a ton of." points and I think we've we've kind of come to the tipping point over the last couple of weeks with Ole Miss and Tennessee and here we are the question we're going to ask though to the the viewers the fans and, and you Crompton the biggest threat to impact the outcome of this game is it the Vols offense the Vols defense or Ole Miss's offense or Ole Miss's defense we're going to get into that comment in the comment section what you guys think but first, I am going to tell you guys about Mandu, the Pulse of Fitness. They have you covered. Your first workout is absolutely free. 15 minutes, that's all it takes. It is a brand new revolutionary way to look at working out. And it is awesome. They've got locations popping up everywhere. you got four right here in Nashville, uh, the Nashville area. They've got them popping up in Memphis, Chicago, Texas. They have you covered. But right here in Nashville, your first workout is absolutely free. Go in there and try it out. Once you try it out, I truly believe that it will change your life and your lifestyle, and you'll get in better shape, be healthier, and that's a great thing. Is I like to go. I like to say going into plumping season, as you got Thanksgiving, you got Christmas, you got New Year's. I mean that, that you gotta you gotta you gotta eat, but also you gotta work out. Mandu's got you covered. Trump to tell the fine folks about BetMGM. BetMGM, guys. Go download the app today. Um, get some parlays going. Have a good time. Download the BetMGM app. Risk-free bet up to $1,000. Promo code, very easy to remember, A to Z Sports. All right, I've got it downloaded on my phone. I'm going to go try to play some parlays tonight. Once again, BetMGM, risk-free up to $1,000. A to Z Sports promo code. All right. Let's ask the question and get uh, your opinion here. Before we get to this question, Crompton, I want to ask you 
a quick question leading okay. into this game. And this right. is Lane Kiffin. Does he have something more on his shoulders for this game? Is this, is this does it mean more? Last week we had the storylines of Alabama and him trying to knock off Nick Saban as a former assistant. Ends up Jimbo did that, which is kind of crazy. But is this, is this more, is there more to this game for Lane or do you think he's just going in there and and treating it like another game? That's you know that's a really good question. I hadn't really thought of it that way. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say that there is more, but there could be more in the sense of we all know he loves to be on Twitter, right? It's fun to watch him tweet about random things and rat poison this and tweet about Nick Saban and tag ball football, right? The backlash slash really funny comments that could happen if we go out here and just beat their ass, excuse my French, is could be in the back of his mind. Is it? I don't know. But it definitely it has the ability to just be lingering right back there. You know what I mean? Because he does have fun with it. He pokes the bear a lot. Um, you know, he's going to take a lot, a lot, a lot of heat if he loses this game. Um, so, once again, I don't know if he's thinking of it because most really good coaches don't. But this one's a little different. I know it's been over a decade but he's been poking the bear for a few years about coming back and playing. Yeah, and I'll, I'll be curious about the the atmosphere, right? And we'll talk a little bit about that uh, here later on in the show. The question that we're asking you guys, biggest threat to impact the outcome, Vols offense, Vols defense, Ole Miss offense, or Ole Miss defense. Aaron comes in and says, Ole Miss defense. Gavin says stopping the run for both teams will be key because uh, – They've been able to run pretty effectively and efficiently uh, this season in the SEC. Yeah. I- I'm going to go ahead and, and give my answer real quick, Jonathan Crompton, because okay. the title of the show is the Vols exploiting this one thing to beat Ole Miss. Yeah. And I think the exploitation of the Ole Miss defense is the key to this game. I think that decides if Tennessee can win. There's a reason why Ole Miss is favored. There is a reason why they're 13th in the country, right? You have a first-year head coach instead of Lane Kiffin, who's had a couple of years now, that to 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 kind of get his philosophy down, he had all of last year to come in there and, and figure things out. This year, he, he's starting off hot. But the defense, Lane Kiffin criticized the Ole Miss defense. That was the first thing he said in the sideline a uh, question mm-hmm. after that Arkansas game. We played terrible on defense. It wasn't yeah. what a game that was unbelievable, all-timer, the yards, all the overtime, all that stuff, the possibility of overtime. I, I, I think the Ole Miss defense, if Tennessee can do what they have done against Missouri and South Carolina for all four quarters, I think they can win this game. I think they can outduel Ole Miss. But if Ole Miss's defense has figured something out to get just a smidge better, I think that those possessions of stopping them on third and fourth down, because a lot there's going to be a lot of fourth down calls in, in Saturday's <laughs> game. Heupel's going for fourth downs. Lane Kiffin, it doesn't matter if you're on your own 30 or on the opposing 30. They're going for it. Yeah. So it's those stops. I think oh, uh, that, that Tennessee's offense can exploit – the defense of Ole Miss and win this game, and I think that is the key. I I don't I don't disagree, but I'm 
I'm looking in the comments and I haven't seen my answer yet. I'm going Tennessee's defense. The reason why Ole Miss is averaging 561 yards a game on offense, right? We have to stop that. So we have to, and if you look at that number, you're going, oh, that's staggering, right? Notice how many big plays or what they call explosive plays over 20 yards in the pass game are per game. We have to take that away and exploit their every play or, you know, every down play of their dinking and dunking because they don't throw the ball deep a lot. But when they do, they do it effectively, right? Last week, he only threw it as like 21 or 23 times, somewhere in that range against Arkansas. They're not, it's not like they're out here and he's the Heisman front runner this year. Side note, mind boggling because the Heisman front runner is not throwing it more than 25 times a game. Okay. That's just side note right there. But bottom line is if we just stay and do your one 11th of your job on defense and keep the ball in front and it, and don't let them get behind you, Ole Miss can't get 500 yards of offense. They don't get 500 500 yards of offense they don't get the ball or they don't get in the end zone because we now we're going to have the ball because we get them off the field. You're right. There's going to be a ton of fourth down calls this week, I bet. But if you go back and watch Ole Miss play, they live and die by the trick or play deep ball on offense. They don't consistently throw post routes. They don't consistently throw, you know, dig post or just straight up go routes. They do it at certain times, right? little uh, everybody calls sluggo, slant and go. Pump over here, I'm throwing a slant and go back there. Th- you know, those gimmick type plays is what they live by. So our defense has to exploit that to keep them out of the end zone because we're still averaging 474 yards of offense a game. So if we if our defense can do that, we've got a really, really, really good shot of keeping them out of the end zone. You keep them out of the end zone, you win the ball game. Yeah, I just not a lot of people have been able to keep him out of the end zone. Now, no, and Alabama, right on that. Alabama did for the first half. And if you watch Alabama Ole Miss first half, which I feel like that's kind of what everybody watched the first half, they stopped watching the second half, right? It's 28 nothing. Yeah. That game should have been 21 7. It shouldn't have been 28 nothing. That was Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin put him his team in a position to be down by 28 instead of 14. And I think 14 points, you can come back and get back into the game yeah. at Alabama. 28, you're done. Nick Saban's not going to allow that. I think that for Ole Miss, if they come out there, and and this this is, I know being said, and I think Knoxville, uh, the, the people around Knoxville and Tennessee fans know this, I don't think the SEC as a whole in today's age, and Crompton, you know this better than anybody, Nealon is a home field advantage when it is at its best. I think tomorrow it will be at its best. I'm just going to – I think what you said kind of just – I had to look – I pulled up just to be safe. Because when is – so Matt Corral, when is – last year was his first year really starting, right? Yeah, consistently. Nope, nobody in the stands. This year, Louisville, neutral side nobody, game. Nobody, nobody was in Atlanta. Nobody, no, but neutral side game, Austin <laughs> P, Tulane, Arkansas at home. Only game he's ever started on the road in a loud environment, Alabama, he only threw for 213 yards. 
I can tell you from firsthand experience, Neyland gets one of the top three or four loudest in the country when that place is rocking, especially at nighttime and especially after everybody's had their cocktails for uh, tailgating. So that's an advantage for us, right? Bottom line, he's never he's only had one, one true SEC full stadium road game in a two-year or a year-and-a-half span. So how is he going to react to that? Because I promise you, Alabama gets loud, but dude, when Neyland gets rocking, it is deafening. Like, it, I mean, just absolutely. I have It shakes. Dude, it I shakes. Have the day that I committed, the reason why I committed was watching, and I saw we were playing Georgia in pregame. You could, you could look up, and it was like you could see the top of the stadium just doing this because it was so loud in freaking pregame. So if, if that atmosphere is there tomorrow, Ole Miss is going to have a really tough time communicating, really tough time getting the snap count, a couple penalties. They're averaging, what, 10 penalties a game, somewhere in that range. You get them to 10-plus, and our defense gets a little bit of confidence, watch out. You're going to see a lot of claps to yep. get the snap. Yep, but and but so you can't even hear the cat claps sometimes. Sometimes you, you get, you're kind of going off of rhythm. So if they if you get into and you watch all these teams, you know like Florida. Florida is always that's it. Well, they they bluffed it twice in the game. I am one hundred percent willing to give up a total of ten yards on two five yard penalties to get two sacks. Right. What so was the loudest stadium rhythm, you played in? The loudest. Yeah, that that gave you the most trouble to execute the offense, right? Because I think that's kind of what we're talking about, Corral. Yeah, I think um, you brought a good point going back and looking at Corral's history, and it, it's just been by happenstance because of COVID, but he hasn't played in a place like Neyland will be tomorrow. Dude, I'm going to tell you, it is Neyland is a different animal when it when when we're winning, and, it's, and especially night games for everybody are different, obviously. But when we're winning – and we're and our fans are confident and they love going and they're having a good time, dude. It is a different animal. Like you watch Miami on TV and you go, dude, no offense, that's a high school game. Like that's just that's a high school game. You know what I mean? You're like, it's not loud. There's nobody there. You watch some of these teams and then you watch Penn State and you're like, yeah. You watch Michigan, and you're like, yeah. But then you then you turn on Neyland at night and you go, I have some explicits that I can't say of what you really think. Just being <laughs> honest. And you go, it's different. It's just different. So, you know, but back to you think the loudest place that we played, I mean, everywhere it was Florida's loud. Auburn for only having like 80 something thousand is really loud. Surprisingly, Georgia is not that loud. And as good as Georgia's been consistently, it's really not that bad of a place to play in. I actually remember I fell asleep at a recruiting visit during the game against South Carolina. That's how unimpressive it was. No, no lie. I swear to God, I did. Um, so at that point, I was like, well, I'm not going to Georgia. I fell so right. Game, right? But And so to answer a question I saw, did I play in Death Valley? No, I, I, that was the year I redshirted from shoulder surgery, and that was Katrina. So we flew down the same day and flew back. Um, but we played them at home, um, and we never – then we didn't – the two-year flop didn't match back up to go back to LSU. Yeah, I, so my was, sister – My older sister – Yeah, my older sister went to Tennessee. So I got to experience when I was in high school, you know, going to visit – uh, and I, I, I cannot think of the year just because now I'm aged and uh, that was a long time ago. But LSU Tennessee in Neyland, it was the loudest stadium I had ever been a part of. Yeah. I was sitting up high 
And I feel like that amplifies it even more because I mean, the stadium does shake. I mean, you, yeah. you're the underneath you. I mean, it's not steady, at least back in the day it wasn't. I don't know if they've, they've helped that or improved that, but here's something Lane Kiffin said this week. I'm going to play this video, Compton. Is this is, and Lane, Lane Kiffin, we're going to get a chance to get to know Lane Kiffin based on maybe your relationship because you played under him and you know him. Is this Lane Kiffin being uh, Twitter Lane Kiffin oh, and trying to shade and, and troll, or is he being authentic here? Um, we got a lot of work to do. <clears throat> um, and getting ready for a challenging place to play. That someone said on the way in, you know, is on schedule to be the first saw in years. So, um, very loud place, especially at night, and a team that's playing extremely well. Two conference blowouts in a row, um, and lightening up on offense. So, this is going to be extremely challenging. The first sellout in years. <laughs> it's funny you brought that up. I, was, I, I told my mom and my wife about that. I was like, because I would say it's 50 50. Um, and then he tweeted a thing about, you know, five things you can do to better your own life. And number three was get out, get over the past. Right. <laughs> and it just so happened it was Tennessee week. Like he does things to do that. Like he's having, he's having fun with it. Right. And he is. And I think that's part of his. We'll get into that in a little bit, I guess. Um, but, but do do you think that? I mean, he's strategic. He's, he's like very strategic. He because what he's trying to do is he's trying to rile up the fans, right? And he's trying to in behind closed doors. Everybody's against us, right? We're going in a hostile environment. Everybody's against us. We got to have each other's back. Blah blah blah. That's what a good coach does, right? Um. But I think a lot of it is to just kind of take a little little jab, little I'm a little, you know, little hot iron right there in the ribs. Not, you know, nothing major, but you know, I think that really more so than him really caring that they're playing in a hostile environment. Because I would be curious, did he say that about Alabama? You know, he what was I mean? more like, let's get get your popcorn ready. Like exactly, these, so, these little I'm phrases be, I'm, I'm, that I see this comment that says. Crowell hasn't played in a stadium with fans. is such a horrible take. Well, actually not, because otherwise you wouldn't take two periods a day at practice and work on silent count and have crowd uh, crowd noise. And they wouldn't call it home field advantage for a reason. Yeah, I don't like, think that's a terrible point at all. I no, think that just, it actually – I don't think anybody's talking about the impact of what that could have. Yeah, it's just that's one of those things that at practice you legit turn on the loudest crowd noise you can during a couple periods a day, and you have to practice against it. If it wasn't an issue, you wouldn't do that, right? And if you turn it on, you know, kind of as loud as the stadium is supposed to be, depending on who you're playing, um, little shot at Vandy, no crowd noise, didn't have to practice it, right? Sorry. Sorry, I couldn't help it. I, I mean, it's the it. truth. I, I mean, Vandy Bandy is so Bandy, Bandy had to work on crowd noise when we played at Vandy. <laughs> God. My bad. My bad. I'm sorry, guys. I bet. Hey, well, uh, look, they're down, and Clark Lee's got his work cut out for him, and they took a massive step back from any sort of momentum they had against Tennessee. I think that the Tennessee-Vandy like rivalry, I think, is is over in the sense that Tennessee just stole all the the, the stuff back. Yeah, with hiring Heupel and Vandy hiring Clark Lee. Yeah. Two hires that completely flipped 
to, let's just face it, how the rivalry should go. Tennessee should always beat Vandy, and that hasn't been the case in the last 10 years. I think it will go back to being the case in the next 10. I, here's the thing. I hope for the for the state of Tennessee's sake, I hope Vandy does get better. I don't know if they hired the right guy, but only time will tell. We also said that about Arkansas last year, or at least I did. And I was like, ah, I'm not a big fan of this hire. I was wrong. I'm hoping because you you want you want it to be a good game. You want you want that rivalry. You do. It's fun to have that rivalry. So I hope they get back to being able to be competitive. I really do. It's it's more it's more fun as a fan to watch, right? Then you you kind of get to see where the recruits from the Nashville kind of middle Tennessee area really want to go. It's just right now it just it, it's disheartening because you know you know the time they put into it. You know what I mean? Like as a player and as a coach, and especially the time fans put into this stuff. And for it not to go that way, it really sucks. But I'm going to tell you, in baseball, stay stay out of the way because they're really, really good. Yeah, no, they absolutely are. So let's get to know Lane Kiffin because, right. you know, the question that I'm going to ask you, and, and look, I, I'd be curious to see the comment section to say what makes Lane Kiffin so good. And he hasn't – he's been a really good assistant, but I think mm-hmm. he's really starting to show his colors of being a really good head coach. And, I, you know, I'll, I'll eat some crow because I – for the longest time, I, I didn't like Lane Kiffin. I didn't like how he acted. And then all of a sudden, he becomes my coach. I mean, I went to Ole Miss, so you you're kind, kind of, of for, you're kind of forced to like him. Look, I was uh, I cheer for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. There was a point in my life where I was cheering for Greg Schiano. So, <laughs> football will make you do some strange things. I'll tell you that. Fans, stop, stop admitting that. <laughs> well, hey, hey, Tennessee fans root for Butch Jones for four for, for four or five years. So, you know, there's there is that. But what makes Lane Kiffin so good? I want to get into that, but first I want to tell the fine folks about Wilson County Hyundai. Wilson County Hyundai is where you need to go to get your next ride. Quick trip down I-40 exit 236. They have you covered WilsonCountyHyundai.com. They've got inventory, whether it's the Sonata the Elantra, the Santa Fe, or the brand-new 2021 Palisade. Family style. I'm talking about the SUV that can change your life, your wife's mood. That's a big part. In the carpool line, you're not going to have to worry about the the, the minivan. You've got a brand-new 2021 Palisade at a great price. That's WilsonCountyHyundai.com. All right, guys, bet MGM, right? Everybody likes to play a little blackjack. Bet on a little football, baseball, right? Download the BetMGM app today. Free risk up to $1,000. Promo code A to Z sports. Yes, and make sure that if you do visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions, must be 21 years or older, must be present in Tennessee, and for gambling problem support, call the Tennessee Red Line at 1-800-889-9789. All right. It's a very basic question that I think has a lot of levels and layers. Yeah. But <clears throat> Crompton, what makes Lane Kiffin so good? I think you you kind of started it best. There, this is like an onion almost, and I say onion meaning because it can make some people cry right off the bat. A little, you know, a little. I mean. Sour, you know what I mean? Sour. Well, yeah, well, going. what are you talking about? Are you referencing going to Tennessee for a year and doing pretty good and then leaving after that season to go to USC? Is that kind of what you're referencing? I was trying to be creative, but yeah, there you go. You know, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, so it's it, there's a lot of layers. 
to to Lane himself, and especially as a football coach, right? At the time when he got hired, he was the youngest head coach, right? He was the, first off, he was the youngest head coach hired in the NFL at, with Oakland. Then he comes to Tennessee, youngest head coach. He, you know, he was very immature, right? I mean, and he admitted that. So he was very immature. But what makes him so good now is well, first off, he's got to, he's got to prove it as a head coach. I've seen some a couple comments, and they're not wrong. And like you said, he's been a hell of a of a play caller, but he's never really done it consistently as a head coach, right? You can argue FAU, but that's also at FAU, you know, level competition, right? So the biggest thing is he's got to be able to do it, but he in-game adjusts better than anybody, right? I mean, he truly does. Go back and watch him when he was at Alabama and watch him on the sidelines legitimately looking at the quarterback and telling them where to throw the ball because they did an in-game adjustment and it was going to be open. Next thing you know, Amari Cooper's running down the sideline wide open. He does those things really well. He has the players back. He has their back. So, like, kind of a quick story about myself with him. We're playing UCLA, right? We run a play called Sluggo Seam. And I mentioned the word Sluggo earlier. It's just a slant and a go, hence the word seam. Run a seam route backside and a hitch. Depending on the coverage, depends on where you want to go with the ball. Okay, and I won't get into all that detail. But at the time, I was like, dude, the, the, the field corner, he's playing cover four. means he's dropping deep. I'm taking the hitch. Moving on, taking the hitch. Because if cover four, the slug goes dead. So I drop back, do what you're supposed to do. I throw the hitch. I was like, oh, explicit. Corner played cover two. I didn't confirm it. That's on me. Through an interception. So we get into the media. And he go he he puts his hand back and goes I'm going first and he goes into the media room and there's a a curtain I get I don't know if it's still that way now but there was a curtain where you couldn't see who was next blah 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 and before he took a question he goes hey if anybody asks a question on this certain interception you'll never be allowed back in here again that was my fault I didn't game plan good enough I should have known they were going to play this certain coverage in this part of the field and they did and I didn't do my job that's on me on to questions comes off and he goes listen you know you know what happened we talked about it we're going to correct this later with a few explicits don't do it again as the player when that happens you go oh you know what i want to play for this dude you would trust exactly so that's the stuff that he does well and so the end game adjusting is just that next level right that next layer of that onion as i call it where when you do that to a player, and I'm sure he's done it outside of when he was at Tennessee to, to ex-players. Notice, if you go back and watch him, he always takes the blame in post-game press conferences, like when it comes to schematics. Now, you can't, if the players aren't playing hard enough, blah, blah, blah. Like you said, Ole Miss defense didn't play well enough. That's fine. And he said that. But it wasn't that he was pointing out players, right? He didn't say so-and-so, number whatever, didn't play good. He always refers to it as a group effort and starts with the coaching staff. And that's what, and then behind now, behind closed doors, it ain't that way. You're going to correct it, you're going to fix it, and you're going to get better from it because he makes sure that a mistake doesn't happen again. That's why everywhere he goes, these players want to play hard for him. And that's why he's been a very successful play caller 
on the offensive side of the ball. Now he's just trying to do it as the head coach. And given time, I think he can, as long as you can get the recruits in there. Yeah, and that will be a big, big thing. You brought something up, and I was thinking about, you know, you kind of described the foundation of a coach and a coach in any sport, which yeah. is recognizing a mistake that the players do not recognize, informing the player of said mistake, and then working together to correct that mistake. Yeah. And that is, that's kind of what you, you, you embodied is it takes somebody to recognize it, right? A football mind. And yeah. nobody has ever doubted Lane Kiffin's football mind. That guy is football smart. What has gotten him in trouble is, I, I think, obviously, his personality and his off-field situations where, uh, you know, the mistakes, you know, some some guys are really good in between the lines. And I, I think Lane Kiffin... He has this dry personality that you like, like I can't even, I'm, I'm a pretty, I, I like to say I'm a pretty good read of people because okay. I, I'm an extrovert. I will talk to anybody. I will yeah. test anybody. I interview people that want to work for us and I ask them hard ass questions and I try to get to know who they are. Are you a sales guy? Are you a writer? Or do you, do you have passion for what you want to do? Like those are, I can get that out of somebody. If you give me 15 minutes. Yeah. Damn it. I don't think if I talked to Lane Kiffin for 15 minutes, I would know who the hell that guy was. And that it's is like a talking to Jerry. To me. It's like talking to Jerry Seinfeld, like very dry sense of humor, funny as hell. But did you get anywhere? Like he's almost like a stand up comedian and he's waiting on Twitter to laugh. Like legit. I don't know any other way of putting that. Like after you described it, I, that was spot on. It just, he he's very serious in certain situations when he's supposed to be, but he's going to keep the mood light. But you, it's one of those like, was that a joke? But he's so football smart. You trust oh, him Barry. because that's why he's there. And Barry, and I've said the story this week, or I guess last week, really, but and leading up to this week about the second play of South Carolina my senior year. Dude told me the whole week they were going to play cover zero, the second play. Keyword second, not first, right? Not first, third down, not first time in the red zone. Second play, and I'm like, yeah, but what if we're backed up? And he's like, dude, they're running cover zero. And I'm like, how the hell do you know that? Like, how do you know that? You know what I mean? And it still boggles me today, and I'm like, are you – what do you? What kind of sorcery are you you using to know that the second play? Now it could have been just a hunch, and it could have been one of those that's like, oh hey, I'm going all in on black on roulette. You know, I'm just all in. Screw red, screw green, all in on black. It could be something like I don't know, but it worked out, and I was like, okay, so can't really can't really doubt him. It, it worked. It, 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 it played out to a T. I mean, it's hard to doubt him. And look, I think. I know people around Ole Miss and in Oxford, and and that is a just like every SEC college, right? It is you know you're not in the big city, you're not in New York, LA, Chicago, Dallas, Nashville. You're not in that. Yep. This is they bleed and die for their team, and there are some mixed feelings about Lane Kiffin in Oxford. No, they love that he wins, but these Southern Mississippi, let's just call them what they are, old folks. They don't like his personality. They don't like what he does to rile up Twitter and to get attention. But yeah. what do you take? 
I think they take winning over all the other, you know, well, he, he said, like, like I said before, December 1st of 08, when we had the first team meeting with him, he straight up said to everybody, he was very honest. He goes, listen, when spring practice comes, some of you won't be here. You're going to want to transfer because we're going to work our rear ends off and we're going to do what we got to do and understand any publicity, keyword any publicity is good publicity at this moment, right? Ole Miss was kind of in the same boat when he got that job in the sense of, scandal right then you you kind of hire within not really having the success right so they were in for all intents and purposes they were kind of in the same boat of like not really a lot of good publicity going on in oxford at the time so when he i, I would almost be willing to bet right bet mgm here we go that if this was a if this was a um a parlay or something i put this on there that he said the exact same thing at Ole Miss when he got the job. Any publicity is good publicity because we've got to get people thinking Ole Miss football. So I want to parlay that comment into something a little bit bigger. We're going to predict the game here shortly, but what do you think Lane Kiffin's ceiling is at Ole Miss, and do you think he will stay at Ole Miss? Those Dude, are, it's a two-part question. I swear to you, I was just about to ask you a question about staying, and then you do this. Um, the ceiling, I think you were playing cover zero. Out. I knew you were playing cover zero, that's why I did. There it. you go, love it, <laughs> love it. Um, the ceiling for most places is, is as good as your program will allow you to be, if that makes sense. Like, how much are they willing to spend? on recruiting how much are they willing to allow these coaches to get these players blah 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 right um alabama pretty much got unlimited deep pockets tennessee we got pretty much unlimited deep pockets i don't know enough about Ole miss to understand and know if they're uh, willing to give that to say hey do what you got to do to get the recruits but don't don't buy you know don't go get hookers like we were doing or don't go do hookers, you know <laughs> Like, I don't know if I don't know if that scarred them enough, honestly, like from the money people to allow him to give him that free reign and, you know, kind of loosen that leash. I don't know. Because name image and likeness, I think that opens up the door, right? Where that thing matters less, but it kind of matters less because you can pay players in some regard now, right? Yes. So the question is how much are like, dude, I'm, and I said this on the show a few weeks ago. Businesses in Knoxville are 100% willing to open up their pockets and go, first off, tax write-off. Let's do that. I got to have X amount of money written off. Boom, boom, okay. We're going to give it to said recruit coming in because we want him here badly. If you come in, we will do this. Dude, they gave, they're giving away free cookies for an interception. Right? All the, all the ingredients that they make for these cookies, guarantee you, they have written down. And that's a tax write-off. So, yeah, it's great. Like, random things like that, obviously, you need to give the player money for him to really come. But can Oxford, and I don't know this answer, can Oxford, like, businesses in the surrounding area, because I know Memphis is not that far away, entice these players to come enough to, you know, to Oxford to be able to have, like, because if it's me, the first thing that I'm doing is I'm contacting FedEx. I'm saying, hey, FedEx. How much do you need to write off a year? I got X players that we need to get in town. I got these recruits. 
what can we do to partner these players with you to get them paid to come to Oxford? That's what I would do. Because of the football college football playoff expansion on the horizon, right? That's going to happen. Can Lane Kiffin compete for a national championship? I don't think so. Can I Josh Heupel? don't think so. At Ole Miss? Yes. Yes, he is. Can Heupel? Yes. So it's more of an Ole Miss thing than a Tennessee. I think, and I, I, and I think it's, and you know, obviously, yeah, it has to do with SEC East and West, but for forever of time, Alabama's not going to be this good. You know what I mean? For for forever time, Georgia and Florida and Auburn, we're you know, like whatever. We at Tennessee, we just have more resources. The brand, when they see that T, right? There's a reason why Texas and Tennessee have a split in the country about the T. Everybody recognizes the T. You know what I'm saying? Like full blown. And that's just like the SC at Southern Cal or the U, right? Everybody recognizes those brands. So our brand recognition is just a lot higher. That that's one of the reasons why we have the ability to be able to compete. Now, I'm not right in a second, no. But let's call it like it is. Nobody expected Nick Saban to compete at Alabama when he first got that job. Yeah, well, people have amnesia. All these Alabama homers can come in and go, oh, yeah, yeah, we did. No, the hell you didn't. Yeah, okay, they recognize the T, but it didn't mean that much. Why do you think nobody, when I was coming out, wanted to go to Alabama? Because everybody was like, dude, it's just Bama. It's just Alabama. They're very, they're very subpar. Right. Which is crazy to think about. <laughs> and, but that, and that's what I'm saying. Like, but now you got to think this was also in 03, 04, 05. So it's like it wasn't, they weren't, they were good, but it was like, dude, it's just, it's just Alabama. Right. It wasn't the U. It wasn't, oh, dude, that's Miami. Now it's, yeah, it's just Miami. Right. So to me, it, has the program ever been there or there? If it's always been kind of here, which is kind of what Ole Miss is, has done. Mississippi State the same way, right? Kentucky. But now they have. But but here's I think here's the the difference. I think you've said uh, here's where I disagree, and this okay. is probably coming from a biased old Miss person, and I'm calling myself that. <laughs> but here here's where I'm at. I think that the stars have aligned where Ole Miss can actually for once compete for a national championship in the next five years. Let's say. Because Lane Kiffin, I think, is less likely to go to another place because of the expansion of the college football playoff, which opens up more spots to compete for a national championship. Texas and Oklahoma are coming to the SEC. So it will be lateral movement. SEC is the best conference in the country. I'm not saying anything everybody else already knows. But that also helps Lane Kiffin. You're already here in the house, okay? Why do you want to go to another room? And you brought up the most important part. Will Ole Miss pay to make Kent Kiffin happy, not only in his pocketbook, but the program, right? Will they fund the program to get it on a level? And what is Ole Miss's ceiling? I think Ole Miss's ceiling was a lot lower three years ago prior to Texas and OU coming to town. And the college football playoff, being cash scrapped because of COVID now probably going to expend to 12 teams because they need to be more profitable than ever. So the, the tournament's larger. And if you get in yeah. the tournament, I think Lane Kiffin 
can outcoach several teams. Yeah, I, I can't disagree with that. Okay. In the sense of you can't win it if you're not in. Right? Because you can't. That goes for anything. You can't win it if you're not in. San Francisco Giants, you can't win it now, right? Sorry. Um, you know, being a never mind, I won't tell everybody how I was gonna you know. the die the diehard die dodger right there. Hey, let yeah, me yeah. win last night for you. But uh, you know, because you're you're right, you can't win it if you're not in, but that is a big but. Can you consistently get the players in at Ole Miss? Will the donors allow you to do what you got to do to get these players in? I don't think they'll allow that. Don't they, they want don't, to play for yeah. Kiffin? No, but it, but that's not the point. It, bottom line is now with the NIL, how are the how are those teams going to be able to compete with the the Tennessees, the Southern Cows, the Alabamas? The, is hurt, hurts me to say it's the Auburn, the Auburns. I don't need. But the thing is, I don't know how much Florida will be able to do that because I don't I don't know their demographic down there with being able to try to help with local businesses. I don't know. But you know what I mean? Like, how can those teams, how can an Ole Miss compete with that? That's the reason why I brought up FedEx, because I know it's in headquarters is in Memphis. So it's like, that to me, that's your biggest advantage. But I don't know for sure if that can happen. And kind of what, so what Jeff Rubel said is, Tennessee, if you look at their history, they're only really good and competing when other major powers are down. Dude, that's for anybody. Yeah, Vandy was anybody. competing no, when no, Florida and Georgia were down go when James Florida. Franklin was the coach. Let's go to Florida State. When's the last time they were good? Oh, wait, that means everybody else was down, right? North Carolina was down. Clemson was down. It that works that way for everybody. I understand the comment, but I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree because everybody has, if you're a major program, keyword major, you're gonna be there. And then things are going to happen, and then they're going to start going to Florida State. They're going to start going to Miami. They're going to start going to Southern Cal, right? And then you're going because everybody bitched and moaned when Pete Carroll got the job at Southern Cal. Don't forget that. Everybody complained when Pete Carroll got that job at Southern Cal because he was a two-time fired NFL head coach. He was used goods. Nobody wanted him, right? So all these people trying to say, well, I don't think Heibel can be that guy. Nobody wanted Pete Carroll. Look what he did. He changed the perception of Southern Cal forever in the 2000s. Well, he cheated, but well, do you think you think Nick Saban's not cheating? No, I, I, they, you, they you all you are. Saying? Like it just, it, I mean, it, I hate to say it, it is what it is. Urban Meyer always fakes a heart attack before he gets in trouble. Jacksonville Hospital probably has a room waiting for when his heart <laughs> suddenly goes out again, right? Because he now he can't cheat and get these guys paid under the table because they're all making more than he is. Well, you got to really define what cheat is with Urban. I mean, <laughs> and that, that's that's just my opinion. Is like, so I guess the long story short, I don't know if Ole Miss can compete for the national title, but I know who could. And this kind of leads in that second part of what he leads. What happens with Coach O? Because LSU got deep pockets. So, so you would say, so if Co- they fire Coach O, Lane Kiffin to go to LSU? But, no, I'm not, and I'm not saying he would. I'm just saying, but if you're if you're LSU, do you do you call him? I don't know. Yeah, you you, you definitely have to, got to look at the the teams above Ole Miss. I'm not naive enough to say that Lane Kiffin's going to stay at Ole Miss forever, right? That's stupid. But I do think that there's more likely of a chance that he's not just a bridge coach to a better job anymore because of the circumstances but if Alabama becomes available if LSU becomes available if it looks like Oklahoma and Texas are going to be 
pretty stand pat yeah. over the next five years, right? Lincoln Riley ain't going anywhere, and Sark so far has looked good. I, Texas, you never what, know. What Ole Miss needs is a guy like Stoops at Kentucky, right? That can come in and take a typically keyword typically. But Stoops is probably going to leave after this year. Well, but think of how long he's been there and look what he's done with that program. He, but Kentucky if he, if he football. Does leave, but Kentucky football leaves, is a little brother program in a better shape, where now they can get they can get a a, a higher tiered guy than they would have got if he left three four years ago. You yeah, know but I, I, but, I, but, then, but I think Stoops is the little brother within the program to Kentucky basketball. Ole Miss is Ole Miss football is the biggest brother within the program. So I, I do think they'll find the boosters. I think it's just you, the boosters at Ole Miss will never compete with the big dogs of Auburn, Alabama, Tennessee, LSU, Texas, and Oklahoma. You're not going to, but you may not need to, if you can get on a train and, uh, and, and kind of build something that is consistent and works. And then, oh, by the way, there's one caveat. And this is a pipe dream. Okay. But if Arch Manning goes to the University of Mississippi, Lane Kiffin stays. I'm not saying it's happening. I'm saying if, though. He's not. He's not. Well, in my opinion. Because think about it. We can all dream, John. I'm with you. I'm with you. And it's the same thing. He's not going to go to Tennessee. No. Right? And the the only reason why I say that, You'll never live up to Peyton's expectation at Tennessee. And can you do you really want to risk not living up to your your grandfather and your uncle's expectation at Ole Miss? But with Lane that, Kiffin, I think that you have the best it, case scenario but it, but it, to do that. You you're right. It, but with, especially with Corral, as you referenced, he's Heisman guy. You're right. I'm not I'm not disagreeing, but it's a big but. Like a this is bigger than the one earlier, right? Everybody will always compare the second he gets on campus. Well, your uncle this, your uncle this, your granddad this. So why would you want to do that? Why not start your own legacy? The actual reason why Peyton did not go to Ole Miss, right? He wanted to do his own thing. At where? At Georgia, Alabama? No, I'm I'm with you. I'm just saying, but that's the reason why I don't think he goes to Ole Miss. But the other options, you you have other legacies, right? Georgia, you're just a kid, right? Alabama, you're another guy that it, I'm with you. But it's just the fact of it. Sometimes you would rather be another guy and and be the dude because he's really freaking good, rather than always being Eli's nephew, Arch, well, hey, Archie's grandson. Hey, by the way, your name's Arch. Hey, look at your granddad's name. Like he'll never, he'll never, and Ben Hall's right. That's all he would hear. That's all he would hear at Ole Miss. That's all he'd hear at Tennessee. That's the only reason why I don't think he would go there. Do I think it'd be a good fit? Yes. But I don't I think, think the other thing that legacy. I think the other thing that probably prevents him, and I don't know this, how do the Mannings feel about Lane Kiffin? And that is something that I don't know because we know. Good point. We know how Archie felt about the San Diego Chargers, and we saw what happened. A little bit, a little bit, right? So if if they don't like if they question Lane Kiffin or don't like his antics, Archie's not going. That no, I, I agree, but I can say this: this would be just a random 
you know, once again, betting Jim. Let's hey, let's make let's make this a a prop bet, <laughs> right? If LSU loses this weekend and Coach O is gone, Lane Kiffin goes to LSU. Arch Manning is an LSU Tiger. That, that's, hey, a, that, uh, that's not that far fetched. So I just my dream turned into a nightmare right there. My my bad, my bad. I just <laughs> I, I just I just ripped everything out of you. My bad. Um, but it does and, with Coach O. They're going to give him another year, and I know Arch has another year. Yeah, LSU does not uh, stay down for long before change. I because the less miles things won't happen again. I don't know if they um, give him another year. Personally, it's just an opinion. Um, I don't think he. I don't think he. I, I love Coach O. I'm one of the biggest fans of Coach O. I just don't know if you can give him another year because the the lack of productivity is staggering with some of the players that you've got. But you know, side note, the caveat to that would be they really, really, really want. Um, Max Johnson's brother, the number one tight end in the country who's committed there, if you get rid of Coach O before the end of the year, he's probably not going to sign there, right? So maybe maybe that is in the back of their minds that they need him, you know, because they don't they don't have a bona fide tight end. Um, dude left, he signed last year and then left. You know, now he's at Georgia sitting out um, for whatever reason. And so that that might play into it. So he might You're get right. up here. I just don't think he – if you if you lose – LSU should not lose to Kentucky. Just like I've always, I keep saying, Tennessee should not lose to a Kentucky. I don't give Kentucky six and 10 and zero. You should not. That's my mindset. When they lost to Kentucky, I was in a group text with my dad and his buddies, and I legit said he might be gone before they land. And it was, well, and, I, and I wish they wouldn't because I love Coach O. But that's that's part of that business. Coach O is trending to be more like Gene Chizik, which was a product of a very good player. Cam Newton and Joe Burrow mm -hmm. instead of a product of a very good head coach mm -hmm. that can run a program consistently. Mm -hmm. and, so, and I think that's, that might be in the back of their minds as well. That's, you know, that was one of the reasons why I said, I didn't, I didn't know if he would make it off of the plane. I really didn't. Um, and I, I feel for him because I love coach O. but you know, if you're a coach, you're hired to get fired. <laughs> I mean, that's just the reality. You're hired to get fired. I, I'm going to, Drop one thing before we move on to our, our predictions of Ole Miss Tennessee. If not Ole Miss, I think Arch Manning takes a long, hard look at Texas. Because I can see that because of Sark. Texas is a new legacy, a big school, and a good head coach that is offensively minded that has already shown that he's turning that program around at least now, right? My prediction would be Arch goes to Texas and then the I others follow suit. I could definitely see that. I don't think I don't think he'd end up in an Alabama. I really don't. Um not not just for really the sole I just reason. I feel like it would be a traitor. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, it, it, yeah, but it's just more so the fact of I just don't think he's a fit for like personality-wise for an Alabama. Look how charismatic his whole family is right his dad um cooper is funny as hell right and he's they all these commercials and how i just don't know if that's that kind of blends with the alabama way and i could be thinking too much into that well and we don't know enough about arch right like i don't know exactly. what kind of personality he is and, and he has to mature the dude the kid is a kid 
Exactly. Um, so, but so I guess what I'm getting at is I would not, I would not be surprised if Texas is a play. You know, major program, a lot of a lot of uh, rich tradition. You know, produced a lot of players. And to me, the the kind of the biggest thing is it starts your own legacy, right? That's where that's why I don't think he ends up at Ole Miss or Tennessee. But Texas is Texas is a very intriguing place if you're a younger crew, especially offensively. Especially them going to the SEC, possibly. Also or true. Whenever that is, they're going. It's just a matter of when. All right, Crompton. The line started at minus three old miss. I've seen it at minus two and a half. So that means that money. Not surprisingly, there's a lot of Tennessee fans and betting is legal. Uh, uh, um, uh, Bet MGM in the state of Tennessee. The line I saw it moved to minus two and a half. So that kind of tells me something. Let's predict this football game. We want you guys to interact. Who wins, Ole Miss or Tennessee? It's a pick em in what we're doing. I just told you the line, but first, I am going to tell you guys about Renner's Warehouse. Renner's Warehouse is where you need to go. Nashville's professional landlords, $89 a month. That's it. They will find you a tenant for your property. They will collect the money if something goes wrong. That person is not going to call you. They're going to call Renner's Warehouse. And Renner's Warehouse is going to take care of it. They're going to be effective and efficient. And it's really a great strategy for somebody that owns a property because it's hands-off and all you do is collect the checks. That's a cash flow. So start thinking about your cash flows in your life and use Nashville's professional landlord to do it. That is RennersWarehouse.com. Bet MGM, guys. Kind of what we're talking about. All right, we're about to pick the game. Go ahead and download the app. Get your pick in. Bet MGM. Risk-free up to $1,000. Promo code A to Z Sports. Like I said, let's, let's, we're about to give our picks. Go ahead and download the app at Bet MGM. Get ready. Go ahead and make your picks there, too. A to Z Sports, Tennessee or Ole Miss? That is the question. Tomorrow, 7.30 Eastern time, mm. Knoxville, Neyland. Who do you got? Oh, just right out of the bat. Obviously, I got to go Tennessee, right? And I really think saying, they're going to and win. I, and I'm not saying that just to say it. I'm being dead serious. I truly I truly think so because of the, the things that I've said where, dude, it's a, it is a hostile place to play, right? It is a hostile place to play when it is rocking. Fans are excited, right? Bottom line. Um, does anybody know, what is it, over under 83? Let's go with the over, right? It, I think this could be a shootout because that's just what it is. Two high-powered offenses, right? Can't really neither team can really stop anybody. But what you know what does kind of get me is some people are saying, oh well, Ole Miss because Tennessee's got to prove it. When the hell has Ole Miss proved it? I'm just I mean like truly, when have they proved that they're a legitimate team? They played Louisville. The Arkansas win was pretty nice. I mean, it's a better win than Tennessee has all year. Yes. Well, all right. So here's my question with Arkansas. What what has Arkansas done to be a top 15 team? They beat Texas. And Texas also fired their coach last year. See what I'm getting at? Texas competed with Oklahoma. Texas is good. They're not great. And Oklahoma is a garbage undefeated team. Wake Forest is better than Oklahoma right now. And yes, I said that. Like, Truly. Is from top to bottom team because Oklahoma, Oklahoma has shown every time they played a decent team, like a legitimate team, 
they but Ole Miss is not, the, the point is Ole Miss has proven more than Tennessee has to this point. That is the point. Okay, well, no, not to me. They have not proven like they have not beaten not, Alabama not or the big team, but they have proven. But, so, so who who all I'm getting at is now Hypo's in his first year. So let's compare first year to first year. What did Lane really prove in his first year that Hypo hasn't proved? Well, he competed with Alabama down to the wire. That's something Tennessee hasn't done in ten years. Yeah, and we have, <laughs> well, we haven't played Alabama yet, right? So, so I'll give I'll give you that. And once again, I always go back to they're built off of the gimmick play, right? That's just what it is. He is so good at scheming that stuff up, right? But bottom line is, are we about giving participation trophies? Just because we competed, did we win? Right? Did did we beat said teams? No. Arkansas, just like they said last week after the, the loss. And these kids played hard. But really, hey, can't really sit here and say it was good. We lost. We lost. So, look, you're, you're taking Tennessee. I respect that. I think. And I'm not, I'm not, and I hear, but I'm not saying that Tennessee has arrived. That's not what I'm getting at. No, no, you're just predicting the game. I'm, I'm not. just sitting here saying that bottom line is Tennessee – is playing better than they've played in the sense of not not with all this, you know, first-round draft pick, blah, blah, blah. But they're playing together. They're playing tough. They're playing fast, right? It's no different than Ole Miss last year and his first year coming off of a fired coach with a very average program. Lane has excelled that, yes. But Hypo has excelled quicker than Lane excelled last year. That's all I'm trying to get at. I think the difference of this game, I, I said Ole Miss's defense because I do believe that that is the singular point on if Tennessee can win. But I think the play of the quarterbacks, right? It's going to be up to Matt Corral, who I think, Crompton, he has proven that he is that dude. He has experience, maybe not in hostile environments, but I think he's proven a lot. Hendon Hooker, there's still a lot of question marks on can he compete and keep up with yeah. Ole Miss's offense? Can they? They've gotten leads the last two games, but you know what? South Carolina's offense blows, and Missouri oh, sucks too. So, like, this is a different beast where <clears throat> it's a duel, right? It's not a it one-sided is. affair like the last two weeks have been for Tennessee. No, I, so, I'm with you. That Hinden Hooker mistakes can cost Tennessee this game real quick. Fumbles and bad throws. Okay, so here's Tennessee. my caveat. Here would be the okay. caveat to that. One interception. There's only been by these two star quarterbacks, there's only been one interception thrown. Right? So, yes, has Hooker proved it? Not necessarily, but he's proven to be the best person for this program at this moment, right? He has more touchdown passes than Corral by one, but they does still more. Yeah, he has one more interception, but it's literally only one. Corral you know, has man, much more running touchdowns, but but no, but you said like he he only has one interception. So all I'm trying to get at is like the bottom line of everything is not Ole Miss is just not a better team, right? They're they have a lot more swag because of Lane. Right, they do. They're playing fast. They're playing well, but it's and the reason why I say they're not just a better team is because he's only in his second year. He hasn't had a chance to recruit 
to get his guys in there. He's playing with the last regime's guys still, minus really one recruiting class. And Tennessee's the same way. So all I'm saying is like it's not it's not just a crazy thing. If you look at the numbers, you take how many points their their yards they're averaging on offense, yards they're giving up on defense. For both teams, there is a two yard difference per game. Two yards. See what I'm saying? So everybody's saying, oh, well, Ole Miss has been better recently. The numbers don't lie. There is a two-yard difference per game on offense and defense. And then we all know this is a team game. Two-yard difference because Ole Miss defense sucks. It's just call it like it is. They're giving up a boatload of points because they are not any good. It's, they're no better than South Carolina's defense. They're no better than Missouri's defense. They're no better than a lot of these subpar defenses. The thing that helps them is they got a very high-powered offense. All right, but we're giving up less yards a game than their average. You know what I'm saying? Like than, than their defense. We haven't played this caliber of de- or offense yet, All right? So we haven't had a chance to kind of prove it. But if you want to go by those numbers, Ole Miss has played really crappy defenses: Louisville, Austin P, Tulane. So yeah, their numbers should be staggering. Like that. That's the reason why. Like when you look at it, these teams are very evenly matched. They really are. They haven't really played a juggernaut of a team, either one of them. Arkansas is is a good team, but they're not they're not there yet. I like what they're doing, but they're not there yet. So Pitt has been kind of better than we all expected after the Pitt game. So I would kind of put Arkansas and Pitt those one game apiece by going, okay, I get that. Yeah, Tennessee lost that one. But we also did not have our starting quarterback that we found now. That's the reason why I go. This is a lot more evenly matched, and Tennessee, to me, has the advantage because we're playing at home with the loud-ass fans that are going to let them have it. Well, it's going to be rocking. Um, I can't wait. I think everybody just that loves college football is looking forward to that game. It's a shame it's on SEC Network and not on ESPN or uh, Premier Network, but people will find it. People will watch it. Uh, I got Ole Miss. Crompton, you got Tennessee. We'll find out tomorrow. It's going to be fun Uh, either way. That it really is. And you know what? Everybody go ahead and get some popcorn ready. Right? I think popcorn will be popped in Neyland. Uh, let's get out of here on some good news. It's Friday, and we want to hear you guys' good news. Comment in the comment section. What is your good news to end the week? It could be something that's happened to you personally, what you're doing this weekend, uh, uh, a good article you read. It doesn't matter. We'll get to the good news. But first, I am going to tell everybody – about the Bone and Joint Institute. Boneandjoint.com. They are premier when it comes to your health. And in Franklin, they have a state-of-the-art facility. Austin and I have both visited the doctors that work at Bone and Joint Institute. They have tons of different specialists. If you have a shoulder injury, they got a doctor for you. If you have a hip, they have a doctor for you. A knee, an ankle, they have you covered. Don't fumble on your recovery. Everybody whether you've, you know, we get older and things get out of whack. It just happens, right? Yep. I think we can both attest to that. Go to the Bone and Joint Institute in Franklin. They will take care of you. That is boneandjointinstitute.com. Guys, last time I can tell you for this, let's have some fun. Bet MGM app. Go download it today, right? Risk free up to $1,000. Keyword risk free. Tennessee Ole Miss. Going to be electric, right? Risk free $1,000. Promo code A to Z Sports. Go put some money on it. You, you can't lose here. It's a win-win situation for you. Have some fun. Bet in GM app. Download it today. Let's get to Ain't That Good News. 
All right. Crompton, good yeah. news. Do you have your good news of the day? Let's let's look at the comments real quick. Um, Noah says he's spending the next three days in Nashville getting ready for some Monday Night Football. Bill's Love coming it. to town. That is good. Aaron says my good news is as we speak, uh, watching a, a launch from China. I might learn something. It's some Chinese. Aaron, we know, is into uh, NASA and spacecraft, which I think is fascinating as well. Uh, Ed, his son got a promotion in the U.S. Navy. Love it. Love that it. deserves a golf clap right there. Uh, Evan says, good news. Got my first giant sell sign this week. $240,000 copier sell with $18,000 commission. So salute to you. Yes. That's great. Evan Danny says, I'm one week away from vacation, going hunting with his dad and uncle in South Dakota for a week. Ain't that good news? Crompton, what is your good news? Good news is my wife uh, started a new job this past week. Um, veterinary practice manager. And uh, she's, you know, she's worked her rear end off and, and got to where she's at. So I'm very proud of her for what she's been able to do and and uh, been persistent. And, you know, like I said, it's I, in our household, we are, you know, everything is combined, you know. So I'm, I'm very, very, very proud of her and what she's been able to accomplish. That's excellent. And I remember you, you've you've talked a little bit about uh, about her love for animals and how many dogs you guys have. They're all sleeping right right here. Um, how many dogs you got? Name name your dogs. I love this. We got five. We got, and I'll go in order of how they're sleeping. Oakley. I probably shouldn't say their names too loud. Nola, Knox, Knoxville. So I kind of have to pick Tennessee this week, right? Uh, we got Taco Tuesday and Akuna Matata. Love that. Love that. Well, congratulations to your wife. Hard work. And I, I've always said, when you find something that you're passionate at, um, your life gets better and improves and you work harder and you, you get the best out of it. So um, that is good news. My good news is we this uh, hour and 11 minutes that we've been talking about Ole Miss and Tennessee, I will be live in Neyland, shaking in, in the stands. I will be wearing light blue. I will not be a part of the checker Neyland tradition. Uh, my Tennessee friends that provided me the tickets uh, will probably be upset at me. But, man, I, I go to Ole Miss once a year. I yeah. go to the Grove. And – because the Titan schedule, it just didn't work out. So my one game this year is Ole Miss, Tennessee, and uh, going to be a lot of people that I know down there, and, and it's going to be awesome. I'm really looking forward to it. They're, they're, I'm slightly jealous. I really am. Um, especially it's a night game, dude. It's going to be freaking rocking. One way or the other, right? And, yes, I want Tennessee to win, obviously. I want to see a down-to-the-wire, you know what I mean, Arkansas game last week where it is just two-point conversion to win the freaking game, that's what I want to see. Because at that point, the stadium, the fans are in it all night. It's just – it's going to be fun. I can I can get memories of of those games in Neyland. It, it, you're going to enjoy it, man. Have fun. Be safe. But, yeah, I'm very jealous. So, I, there are two things. The best part about this game is there's guaranteed to be points because it's not like you're going to see Iowa against, you know, Wisconsin, right, yeah, where that really. could – you think there will be fireworks. Yeah. The other thing, and I don't know, I, I'm fascinated by uniforms and jerseys. If I was Tennessee, this is what I would do. Okay. I would wear the blackout uniform. I would have I saved made, it. I would have saved it for this week. I wouldn't well, have worn they did, they, they, I, I'm, I'm okay with them not saving it because you want to win in them. And they were able to do that last week. But – you kind of see this sometimes 
Maybe they come out in pregame warmups in the orange. It would be a nice old last jab. And then you go back into the locker room, you toss on the dark mode, and you come out and really, really rile up that crowd. What they could do is do exactly what we did in 09 and go all orange, come back in and do orange pants, black jerseys, and and mimic the exact uniform just to throw a last little jab. I, 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 I would, I'd love it. I would do it in a heartbeat. I would. That would be absolutely unbelievable if they did that. Just as last little showmanship of you're not going to get to us. All your little Twitter rants, boom, right back at you. I love that idea. That idea I love. Yeah. And I mean, uh, Jeff says, is it even allowed? It is allowed because, uh, and I don't think the rules have changed on this. I guess I guess I was in college, and Ole Miss had those all gray uniforms. They did the same thing. They came out in blue uniforms, went back in the locker room, and came out with grays. And I was like, and the, you know, the crowd went crazy. Oh yeah, and that's that's what we did in '09 on on Halloween night. Went out in all orange. We came back in like five minutes early, and put on the black jerseys. And uh, it was as soon as, as soon as we walked out in the tunnel, you knew game over. Do you well, still have that jersey? Ball, it was just nuts. Do you still have that jersey? I wore it on the halftime last week. Oh yeah, that's right. It is, was, is it? Is it? Oh, it is the. It is a very subpar jersey. Yeah, because he ordered them on Wednesday, <laughs> like for a Saturday game, because we all were giving him such a hard time. I'm like, dude, don't, 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 don't whip out. Come on, don't be that guy. And then he, on Friday night in the hotel, he showed us, and we we're like, "Are you serious?" Like the the team room went absolutely nuts, right? And so he was like, "Listen, don't don't tell anybody because we don't want it leaking." And you know, playing at night, it was hard. You know what I mean? Because you're so excited, you're a college student, you're so excited. You're like, "I want to tell my parents, I want to tell everybody," right? And with the captains, he wouldn't let us go out early, right? Because y'all we always go out early. And so me and Montario sitting there talking, like, "Dude, this is gonna be nuts." Like, so we walk out of the tunnel. So he was like, captains, y'all got to run out of the, the tee first because you got to get ready to go to the coin flip. So we're sitting there, and we're, as soon as you walk out and the first person saw it, the place went absolutely bonkers. Yes, I used that word. All right. I just had just, chills. No, I, dude, I have no oh, association with Tennessee. About it. And that's what I'm saying. Is like I can, I can vividly remember these moments in Needland that the opposing teams, dude, I don't care who you are. I don't care how many times you've played – Blah, blah, blah. When you come to Neyland for the first time and you are a year off from crowd noise, right? And the only you've only had one true road game, dude, it's different because our fans legit make a difference. Um, it's lovely for the offense because everybody just kind of shuts up, right? It's great for us. But, dude, our defense – and I roomed with Wes Brown, a defensive lineman, and he'd come home after our home games and be like, dude, freaking can't even hear myself think right now. Because it was always so loud for the defense, you couldn't communicate. They're screaming and yelling, and you can't hear each other. Neyland is such an advantage, like home field advantage for a reason. And if they did that, dude, I'm telling you right now, if they did that, sorry, Zach, I'm sorry, but we might put up seventy if if they legit did the and came did what we did in '09 and come back in and put on black jerseys. Done with, because the crowd and the players will be so hyped that the mental mistakes that happen will be completely washed out of their mind and not think about it because they're so hyped about what's happening. 
Yeah, man, I'm I cannot wait. Got uh, a little over 24 hours before that game, and yeah. uh, man, that's going to be wild. Well, Crompton, thank you for joining us today on this Friday. It was awesome. I, I always love talking Vols, but especially Vols Ole Miss. Some yeah. great conversations, some great stories, uh, and we look forward to it. We'll obviously do it again, and uh, we'll see what happens uh, tomorrow night in Neyland in Knoxville. Uh, thanks for watching, guys. We'll catch you on Monday. Plus, we got Monday Night Football. No, obviously, game day show on Sunday because of Bills coming to town. So have a good weekend. Have a safe weekend, and we will see you on Monday. Adios.